Hello, my name is Jay. Hi, I'm Harriet Tugsman. And this is the first episode of the last season of The Last Part of Your Life, as narrated by Morgan Freeman. You are listening to Wait, Take Me Off Speaker. Thank you so much for coming back. Hi, Harriet. Hello. How are you, my dear? I am great. I am uh, basking in the presence of the Lord. It's wonderful. Blessed and highly favored. I have a feeling I know why you are so blessed. But would you like to to tell our listeners? Um, The Lord on September 4th, 1981, spent a little bit of his magic on this entity known as Beyonce Giselle Knowles hyphen Carter work. And through that blessing, she has blessed me with Renaissance. I don't know if you've heard this little tiny album. She's on an indie label, a very new artist, but just doing, has been making groundbreaking music since 1996. And has just been a small indie artist. Mm -hmm. She's making waves, you know, I'm I'm starting to hear her name a little bit more now. I'm happy that people are really starting to talk about her. I felt like no one ever has for her Super Bowl performance, her, you know, self-titled released album that changed the day that people release albums to her visual album, you know, Lemonade. She's just really, I'm glad she's finally just putting out good work. So why don't we just get in to renaissance we can't give the kids that much it's been a minute since i've seen you all right we we have had a lot of things happen we've had someone with their internet fingers say some shit about me we've had a fun time out in fire island where i was not microaggressed but majorly aggressed oh let's talk about that you went to the camp. I went to Dallas. This was all within like the last three weeks. It's a lot of shit has gone down. A lot of stuff has happened. Wow. Where do we unpack first? Why don't we talk about how was your first experience on Fire Island? Um, I'm poorer. Yep, yep. That'll do. That'll happen. Here's my final thoughts. I'm never going back. Wow. Yeah. Not for her. Not for me. I think like... The pure enjoyment of it was renting a house, having a pool, and access to the beach. Mm-hmm. And necessarily, I don't need to do that in Fire Island. True. So I loved my housemates. I loved the house. I loved that access to the, to the pool. But everything else was a wash for me. Would you come back for a day trip if no. other friends had a house? No. I don't really think it was worth the squeeze. You know, it's not for everybody. It's expensive. The restaurants are expensive. It's not culturally diverse. I did not feel comfortable, especially after that interaction with that white man. You want to talk about that? Um, sure. In a nutshell, me and Jay were at high tea, as they like to call it. Was that high tea or mid tea? Well, baby, we were on the highest level of all the tea places. I'm going to call it high tea. Okay, high tea it is. High tea it is. And so we were talking and this white man came over and he said over to you and he was like giving you compliments and you know i was caring and i just said what am i chopped liver you know whatever sure and he's like yes you know you're and for anyone else i'm just saying this as it is because this is a serious conversation me and jay have this back and forth about who looks younger who's actually younger it is what it is so the guy said 
oh, you're like his younger, cuter sister. So when that was said, I started carrying, did my Patty LaBelle down some stairs, and then <laughs> this white man was like, girl, if you don't bring your black ass up these stairs. Immediately. Record scratch. Record scratch. Pause. I am look at this man like, you did not just actually let that fall out of your mouth. After we had just had, not even like, five minutes a conversation with some older white sugar daddy there about the club how it's so not diverse Mm -hmm. like and then that interaction happened so it was just like it's a wrap for me i'm out i get it high points being there with you having you know the 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 bacchanal party great seeing pixie aventura do a 40 minute trl set which i've never seen a queen do incredible and I was talking shit too because, you know, Nick was there talking about, wow, these are a lot of songs. I was like, she's not going to do it. It's just a money grab. She did 30 out of 35 of the songs that were like requested. And turned it out. And turned it. Dance moves, knew it. I mean, that was an inspiration to see. I, I honestly, that was, that was the best of it. That is 100% fair. It's not going to be for everybody. You know, uh, shout outs to Pixie. That was an incredible show. And I think we came in towards the end of it and still, we ended up being yeah. there for still like another hour or so. Yeah. Completely captivated by her performance. Well, we got there, I think her show had been on for an hour. Mm-hmm. And for anyone like, drag is already hard enough. And then doing that by yourself, you don't have any, I mean like the DJ's there of course, but like she was turning it out. The captain of that boat. Mm-hmm. And like took them up. You know, I always like to say like a show, a good drag show is like you're on the plane, you you take off, you hit that, you're coasting, you have a good time and then you rest us back down and we exit. And that's like, that's what I call a good drag show. Like even coming, we parachuted into that plane. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> and it was still a good time. She like had that great finale moment. It was really good. It was a that was a masterclass. Did you masterclass. pick up on anything that you're going to use for your shows? Oh, I was watching. It was just like the tiniest gestures of the hand, the intention. And I think that's what really sets a lot of the seasoned queens up against, you know, difference between us baby queens is that there's intention behind what they do. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't always have to be a shablam. And there were shablams and, you know, you know, dips and stuff like that. But like there was still just like the tiniest inflections of like the wrist and, you know, acting from the bottom of your toes to the top of your head. It was it's that and being in that moment. That was what was really amazing to see. Yeah. And I think I said this to you while we we were there maybe not at the show but when we were discussing it afterwards there's something that she does and seasoned drag queens do when they are addressing the crowd you know there's like you said they're speaking with intention they're not just filling space right they're talking about something specific it's leading into what their next act is going to be you know there's a good banter with the crowd to keep the crowd involved it's mm-hmm. not just is everybody having a good time yay but it's something that's really specific let's hear you make noise woo but it's like it's and it's hard to do to be in the moment, but also conscious of where you need to go. Right. And looking for that person that's giving you like that moment of that question. Oh, they finally said this. This is the next number. I can tie this into this. And also being, you know, present for the the audience. It's, it's a masterclass and seeing how and there had to be at least, I'm going to say 400 people in that room. There, That was a very filled space. We were standing near the exit by the stairs. There was, you could barely get drinks. Let's talk about drinks on Fire Island for a second. Oh, baby, let's talk about my shrimp cocktail. Your shrimp cocktail? Yeah, that I paid $20 for and got four shrimp. Oh, yeah. Mm. What's interesting is I do not remember. I remember the market on Fire Island being 
a little pricey. I do not remember drinks at the bars being that pricey. Not to mention watching inflation happen in real time, right? We're with our friend Nick. Nick goes to get two oh, drinks. Right. The two <laughs> drinks, the first time, cost what, like $29? They were the same drink. Right. Tequila on the rocks. That's it. First time around for two drinks, somewhere around $29 or something mm-hmm. like that. Goes back to get the same two drinks. House. House liquor. House liquor. And the price has somehow gone up to 34 And we're talking moments. Like, how is that possible? I don't remember the drinks like that being on Fire Island. That being your first experience on Fire Island, I could 100% understand why you wouldn't want to go back. For me, my very first experience on Fire Island, it was like this whole new world. It was like... I had never been to like a gaycation spot before mm-hmm. where I'm in a community full of gay people. And it was certainly at a time in my life where I had not come into myself as not just a queer person, but a queer black person. <gasps> You're black? <gasps> Casper. Oh my gosh. Tell no. everybody. <laughs> uh, so when I first visited Fire Island, I was like, oh, this is amazing. I can be comfortable here. You know, I don't have to think about what I'm wearing or what I'm doing or, you know, am I not allowed to hold my boyfriend's hand or anything like that? I was just surrounded by queer people. So that was very new for me. And that feeling, holding on to that feeling, I think is what has kept me going back. But now that I'm in this space and understanding of my life as not just a queer person, but a black person, I was picking up on some of the same things you were picking up on especially when we went to the Pines and went to Sip and Twirl and I'm looking around the room and I'm only seeing predominantly white people, right? I think I could count on one hand the amount of black people that I saw and that's including the two of us. Um, And it's just not something that I had really noticed before because typically when I would go, I would just go with a group of friends. We would spend our time at the beach or we would spend our time We were always together, Mm -hmm. right? And so I wasn't really thinking about who was around. I'm just thinking, oh, I'm so happy to be here, surrounded by queer people and with my friends. But it's different when you know that you're sort of responsible for bringing people that had never been there before. And you get this idea in your head, oh, you want to make sure that they're having a good time. And so me, knowing who you are, I'm looking around the room and I'm like, oh, there's not a whole lot of black people here. There's not a whole lot of culture at all. Oh, but you know, it was kind of funny because I always say like, what would the world look like if there were no black people in it? And like (laughs) the pines (laughs) is what it would look like. 100%. Stale, Mm -hmm. dusty. The music sucked. They didn't even have a DJ. No, there was a playlist going and it was just, it wasn't the tea. It was not high tea. It was not low tea. It was not mid tea. It was not teen. But all in all, like the house was great. As I said, the housemates was fun. But honestly, it made me like I I am I'm tired in general of like the the I want to create our own space. I don't want Fire Island change. Stay that way. Stay over there. Be that bullshit that it is. I want to create a vacation place that is for mainly. PLC businesses, PLC ownership of the houses there. P- I want to see that. That's the summer place I want to go to. Y'all can keep that. I'm not trying to get into that space. Is It's tired, dusty, and milk, what it is. Mm-hmm. I want new places. I'm not trying to be in that space. I want, I want new things created. Where would you like for that space to exist? I don't know. 
But I mean, it hasn't been like it hasn't existed. Like if you Martha's Vineyard has black sections that are in that area. Sure. So they they exist, but like when I get my wealth, that's where I'm going to start building. I want us to build our own vacation. I want our own Disney worlds, our own Disneylands, you know, whatever that looks like. I just, I'm tired of having to like go to those places and give them money to have a vacation, to be in queer spaces. I want my own shit. I feel that. I hear that. I want my own shit. I receive that. Let's make it happen. Now, Jesus, you heard me. But yes, so... Name it and claim it. So, that's Fire Island. That was Fire Island. We still have some more things to get to before we talk about Renaissance. So tell me about... You went to the woods. So, to all you listeners who've never been to the woods campground, as this was my first time, uh, the woods campground is a uh, campground in Pennsylvania. Uh, It is labeled as as a... gay clothing optional resort so you can bring a tent and camp on those campsites they have some cabins if you prefer to stay in a cabin i didn't really know what to expect because it's like i said it was my first time my boyfriend alan he has been multiple times he was really excited to bring me this year we were going for bear weekend they have a couple every weekend has a theme and so this is one of i think like four or five bear weekends that they have throughout the summer uh, into the fall. So he's like, okay, we're going to go with a group of friends. You have to come. I know that you're going to enjoy it because I enjoy camping. So we go. We're in a cabin. Was it air conditioned? It was air conditioned. Oh, Jesus. Which is why I was very excited that we're in a cabin. Be an air conditioner all around me. Come on Every now. day. Lord, be a raindrop, be an air conditioner. Especially right now with this heat wave. It was a lot of fun, but I, I didn't really know what to expect. I didn't know, like, what do people do during the day? Because it's like, a, there's tons of people that come to this thing. And so I get there. There's, like, a big pool area. There's a restaurant. Really basic restaurant. Like, you know, you're getting chicken tenders and fries. Was and... it as expensive as Fire Island? No, not even close. Okay, better. They had a dance club. So for the weekend, I was there Friday through Sunday. So Friday and Saturday, they have their pool party, and then after the pool party, people do dinner, and then they go to the evening party, the dance club, and that goes until about 1 a.m. 1 a.m.? 1 a.m. Oh, they are bears. Never mind. What does that mean? I said what I said. They go to bed early. They don't be partying like that. Ooh, I don't know that that's true. Your friends do. Okay. Look how quickly ties will clear out. (laughs) Sorry, we're getting tangent. Keep going, keep going. I will say this about the Thai's clientele. We're yeah, talking we're people the... over 40 when we're talking about and the who Thai's was there at, at the woods? There are people of all ages at the woods. There are people younger than me. What was the medium age? I'd probably say somewhere in their mid-30s. Okay. So, party ends at 1 a.m. And then you're like trying to figure out, okay, what happens after that? For me, the first night... I was like, okay, you know, this is great. This is cute. I'm going to go back to the cabin. I'm going to relax. You know, if there's people that are still up hanging out, I'll find some people to hang out with, whatever. But everyone else I was staying with, so Alan and Will and Sal and Matthew, like all these other people, they were still out and about. Wait, Matthew went? Matthew. Ah! Yes, he was there. He went with them last time, and so he was a part of the group this time. I Um, love that there was a chaotic energy in the space. Oh, no. Was he not? No. I love Matthew. I feel like me and him are like chaotic sisters. Why do you think he's chaotic? Because whenever we like get together, I feel like it is just chaos and fun. I'm trying to figure out if we're talking about the same person. Yes, French. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Right. Definitely are. I mean, he was just out living his life. The chaotic energy for me came from Sal. So we have a friend, Sal. He is just like, he's always the belle of the ball. Everyone thinks that he's adorable and wants to hook up and whatever. So Sal, 
he likes to just go off on his own. Our short king. Our short king. He just likes to go off on his own. And so, like I said, it's a clothing optional uh, situation. So it is late at night. The party's over. Sal is wandering around naked. And I'm just like, he walks by me as I'm talking to some people. And I'm like, Sal, where are you going? He says, I'm going to wander. I'm like, but where are you going to go? He said, I don't know. That's the joy of wandering. This man. That is some white shit right there. Okay, small tangent. Talking about white shit. We are locking up the cabin to go to the dance party. And they're just like, oh, why don't we just leave it unlocked? No one's going to bother anything. I am the only black person there. And I look at every single one of those white men, my boyfriend included, and say, that's some white people shit. Lock your goddamn door. I have stuff in this cabin, too. You, well, I'm not, I have my computer in here. I have all my other stuff in here. I don't care that you feel comfortable. Lock the damn door. What's wrong with you? Anyways, so I'm sitting talking with friends. Sal walks by to begin his wandering. Mm-hmm. I don't see Sal to the next day. I'm back in the cabin. I'm relaxing. I work, Sal. Work. Girl, I talked to Sal the next morning. I'm just like, so what did you get into? He was like, oh, you know, like I was just walking around just seeing what the, you know, seeing what the campgrounds were like. And someone pulled up on a golf cart and told me to get on. So I did. What? A stranger pulls up on a golf cart on the campgrounds. You're wandering around naked and you just get on. This is how people die. No, not in their world. I don't understand. Maybe we should have a special correspondent to break this down for us. Because I don't get it. And I don't know that I'm ever going to. But what he ended up doing, he he was taken to this super secret, you have to know somebody who knows about it. And this is why I say he's always the belly of the block because people always want him around. They took him to this like secret dance party that happens deeper in the woods. He gets driven there. There's another golf cart up there and it's rigged up with lights and like a laser show. And there's this big speaker playing music. And honestly, it's like you're wandering through the desert and you think you see a mirage. Unless you see it with your own eyes, you do not believe that it's there. The coolest thing I've ever experienced. So they had it Friday night and then they did it again Saturday Was the music night. good? The music, I mean, it was, it was music. It was house music. It was... Just stuff to kind of move to. But the fact that you had to like walk down this winding path for a really long time. And then they had like these LED lights leading up. These LED lights connected to a car battery uh, leading up to where the cart was that had like the rest of the lights and the laser show on it. Just in the middle of the woods, people were just dancing out there till like six o'clock in the morning. Coolest thing I'd ever seen. I would go back for the pool party and for that because it was just that cool. So it sounds like you're taking a day trip. No, I'm actually going back for another weekend in September. Ah. Now, I said that each week has a theme. There's a really... Yogi Boo. Not this. (laughs) Not this. Hey, boo-boo. So I'm going for another bear weekend because that's, you know, the crowd that I typically find myself in. Blame Alan. Uh, Hey, boo-boo. Again. (laughs) So we have another bear weekend that we're going to... But I'm told the the thing to go for is this weekend called Illumination Weekend, where everyone in the tents will like deck out their tents in these crazy light shows. And there's like a, a, a competition for who has the best lights, I guess. 
so some friends that I met last weekend, they're going again for that weekend. And I really wish that I was going because I really want to see that. I liken it to the holiday season. You know, did you ever like when you were younger, go around to see everyone's lights or anything yeah. like that? So it's like that. It can be it's any design. It, but it's decked out in like crazy LED lights. In a tent. On a tent, not in a tent. Ooh. Okay, girl. If it ain't for you, it ain't for you. But I think it's cool. I'm going to see photos. All right. I mean, you see light shows. Miss, I need to be impressed by everything. I do. If I'm coming out to the woods, I could die out there. I better make sure it's worth it. I've seen horror movies. Girl, this is glamping. Like, if you want to do the real camp thing, you can. No, thank you. But this is like, there are showers with really nice water pressure and hot water. There's a restaurant. There's a dance club. This isn't, you're not roughing it by any means. I mean, Chicken Fingers is roughing it for me. Because I like to spend $20 on shrimp cocktails. I mean, clearly you don't because you said you're not going back, so. That is true. And wasn't that good. So that was going to the woods. Highly recommended for anyone who enjoys camping uh, and just wants to check out a cool queer space. For sure. Now. Is it time? So like, you know, we usually have segments and I'm going to try to do my best, but just know majority of this will be about Renaissance. There it is. And I'm really not apologizing. You're welcome. The disclaimer's there. Turn back now. So I have been trying my best to not talk to Jay about this and it has been difficult. Because literally two minutes after you texted me saying... Let's not talk about Renaissance to the podcast. You texted me back saying, okay, one thing real quick. You couldn't hold yourself. I mean, I it's just a ground, like, bitch. Bitch. Bitch, this motherfucking album is so fucking good. I just, I just, I've listened to nothing, but... Unless it's been some shit for drag shows. It's just... But then I've been trying to fit... (laughs) How can I fit Renaissance into these numbers? Which has been quite difficult. Why? I think I'm in the phase of like... Nothing can touch this. Like, don't mess it. Like, the transitions are in it. So it's like, if you do one of the song, you have to kind of do the song that it's connected with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because like... Or you can't start that other song without doing the song before. So it's just like, you need the transition to get to where you're going. Uh, I don't know. I've had a lot of hysteria about this album. I've been very hysteric about it. So it's time to let it out and talk about it. We are here now. So should how should we do this? Should we go track by track? Tell me first, what was your immediate response after your first run through? Well, I fucked up. Oh? Because you I didn't... You shuffle, didn't you? My phone was on shuffle, which is usually not. Mm. Disrespect. And so at first, I was the first song I listened to, I met her. I was like, yes. Talk your shit. And then it went to move. And I was like, and you know, like move kind of means the other song beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I was like, this just like threw me into this. I was like kind of confused. I liken it to like, I'm not actually going to talk about that because that's going to be put me. I'm going to say it. So like there's this, this is a tangent. So I was watching Arrested Development for the first time when it was on Netflix. Okay. And you know, at the end of Arrested Development, they say on the next episode, and it's all this shit. There's an explosion. Someone gets slapped. There's a knife fight. So I didn't realize that that was a gag. Okay. And so I watched the next episode. So I was thinking like, I'm watching this out of order because whatever they said was on the next episode has not happened. <laughs> and I was like, so confused. I wrote an email to Netflix and told them that their episodes were out of order. Oh, Harriet, no. Mm, I did. I was loud and wrong via email. 
Did they ever respond? They didn't. They must have thought I was like an idiot or like I was trying to troll them. And I'm very thankful they did not respond to me. They were like, is he high? Does he not understand? So that's what it was like listening to that album on shuffle. Mm -hmm. I was like, I was missing things. There were parts that were just not there. So like once I finally listened to it all the way through, the first time I was like... I couldn't comprehend what was happening. So I didn't really understand what was really happening until like the second and third listen. Got it. Wait, so on the second listen, you uh, amended the situation. Second time, I was like, no shuffle. Listen to a full out and I was like, oh my God. Groundbreaking. Masterpiece. The references. The references started jumping out to me on the third listen. I was like, that's Aretha Franklin. That's a Stevie Wonder. This is Prince. That's Michael Jackson. This is Donna Summers. This is Parliament. This is George Clinton. Like, all of it just started, like, screaming at me. And then I was just, like, diving into who worked on things, like Rafi Sadiq. Oh, my God. Did he throw, like... Then it, it just was... It was overload. It's overload to me. And, like... And then I started getting sad because I was like, oh, my God, what if Prince was alive? Mm. What if, like, what if Aretha was alive? Because, like, plastic off the chair. My God. Like, the little tiny little runs that Aretha would do. And, like, I was just like, to me, it it was just like a master class of how do you listen to artists and then replicate, not replicate, but, like, digest them, change them, and then, like, put them in your music. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. This... This is to me, like, I am now, like, I always say this for every album, like, I'm no longer arguing with you three hair-having bitches that say that Beyonce can't sing, has no musical talent. Like, I am just, and I say this every time, it's just like, how much more do you need? Just play Plastic off the sofa one time. Like. That's all you ever need to hear. The way that Beyonce plays with every part of the harmonic spectrum on that song is just incredible. And I'm not talking, you know, yes, she does these really beautiful runs in that song, the beginning of the song, and then she shows that she has complete control over it when she gets into a later part of the song where she gives you full Aretha. And it's just being someone who appreciates a good singer, being someone who sings himself, Listening to that song is a masterclass in and of itself. She taps into every different register there is to tap into in that song. And it is incredible. Anyone who says that she can't sing or doesn't have any kind of technical skill, it's just you are looking for a reason to dislike her and you're grasping at straws and you're just loud and so goddamn wrong. But you know, just be wrong. Don't buy that ticket to her concert. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Jesus, stop me there. <laughs> uh, but like, and then like talking her shit. The reason your song sounds good is because I'm on that bitch. It's because I'm on that bitch. I.E. Telephone. I would have never listened to Telephone if Beyonce was not on that. Not trying to pit women against women or, you know, artists, but like. Honestly, there's been some songs that she's on. I was like, I would have never, ever listened to you if it had not been for Beyonce. Well, the name has power. The skill has power. I really love that song because she's flat out setting it up. She's setting up the album. Obviously, that's why it's the first track on the album. But she's setting up the album to say, I don't really care what you were expecting me to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And it's gonna be amazing. You're welcome. 
Because I'm that girl. Because I'm that girl. But, like, bringing it to, like, whatever... And I feel like most of the people that have really, like, understood it from, like, the initial listens have been the black queer community. One, because, like... And you can... You can attest to this because when you've been in the ballroom scene, you've taken the classes, you you do it. But like, I think one of the major things of like the ballroom scene and like the heart of it is that you have, regardless of what this world is going to tell you, you are that girl. You are that bitch. You are that. So when you hit the floor, you hit the stage. If you don't have that and you have all the, like, you're chopped. 100% that. And actually, so I'm in this, uh, this chat group with a bunch of different people that I've taken classes with. And um, they were at some ball and uh, the House of Revlon was there, specifically uh, members from uh, uh, the show from Legendary. And one of the people that I'm in the chat with had walked for their first time and they were super nervous, but excited that they did it. They got chopped. They were okay with it. But one of the members from Revlon came over and he was like, you know, do you have any tips for you know, the next time I try and and walk. And one of those house members said, spend less time trying to show us that you're that bitch and just be that bitch. So like what you said just now, 100% just lines up with, don't prove that you're something, just go out there and be it. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing here. She says, I'm that girl. I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. You're going to eat it up. Because I know that I know what I'm doing. I don't have to prove that to you. I know where I am at this point. Right? And it it was interesting that she started the album this way. And I really appreciated it because she also lined it up to say, you know, her last couple of albums, they've been really social political. Right? Talking about all the different things that are going on in the world and especially within the black community and talking about these things. And she says, you know, straight up, going into this album it's not going to be that it's going to be what i want it to be it's not going to be that this time around we're going to dance we're going to have a good time we're going to vibe whatever your expectations of me are i never wanted this power whatever your expectations of me are you can have those expectations i don't have to meet what your expectations are but just know you're going to get something that's great Mm -hmm. i mean it's like I just, I'm, I'm a lot of, I'm, sometimes I'm in a loss for words. Like, I just never heard something that I just, like, chakra aligned to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it was just everything that, like, I was feeling, everything that I wanted to, everything that, you know, like, creating of the Harriet persona. Like, when Alien Superstar came on, I think that's probably my most listened to song. Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't get out of it. I just, and it was, and I remember I was talking to you, I was like, I want, like, what my what my visual fantasy for Beyonce now is because like she's kind of giving us everything, but I want her to really just like dive into like intergalactic Afrofuturism, like and like giving me this song just was like <sighs> we're there. She's I am attuned. <laughs> I have sent my waves out and in and that last that last little clip of the song like we we walk this way, we paint this way. We 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 we, we make love this like I am just I just, like lock her back up for three more years, four more years. If this is what is happening, like the artistry, like the the collaboration, and like people were talking about like working with other people. We've seen in the best movies that have come out have 
diverse and collaborative space. If it takes that many people to put a movie together, why shouldn't it, why should it just be one person putting their work together? Yeah. You know what that means? Like, that's kind of a wild thought to me. Like, when collaboration is happening, that is community. Mm-hmm. When it's talking about, like, what this is coming for, the queer community of, like, the, the house, the ballroom scene, mm-hmm. that is community. Yeah. So why would that be so impactful if a single person just did it by themselves? It doesn't make any sense. And that's just another thing that I really appreciate about Beyonce when she's putting any body of work together. She knows that she wants to pull on, you know, either leaders of that particular area or people that have a a better understanding of it than her to one, teach her about it, but two, help her create a body of work that really stands for it, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about, she gave us a complete history of dance music with this album, right? Leading up all the way through you know, ballroom stuff, right? We get Kevin Prodigy at the very, uh, towards the very end with um, Pure Honey, mm-hmm. right? Starts that track off. That the that song, uh, that sample that she took, that's really old, right? But she's giving you this history and I doubt that she just knew that history by herself. She, t- she tapped into some really deep stuff when it came to queer history and dance history and how those two are completely connected, Right giving space to a lot of these queer people of color from DJs to dancers to producers, um, giving them this mainstream space and not doing it in a way where it's, I'm just going to take from this Mm -hmm. and use it for myself, but rather here, here's my platform. Let's make this thing make sense. Let's make this thing together. Another part of the community. Let's all eat. Period. And sorry that Miss Khalees is not eating anymore. Miss Khalees didn't have writing credits on the song. But Beyonce gave her credit on this. On that track, her name is listed. And now it's no longer, she removed that sample, so she is no longer eating. Her own fault. Uh, was she getting Was she getting paid for it, though? She, so, we're jumping songs now. We'll get to there. We're, we're going to pin this, because I posted about it. Okay. Because I was really hot. But yes, but what I really loved is like she's always talked about like ever since the birth of Blue, she's talked about like the evolution of herself. And now like, you know, when the song Cozy, she's talking, you know, we always talk about like, how can she be this way? She kind of talked about it. She's like, I've been up, I've been down, been broke, broke down, bounce back, been off, been on, been back, what you know about that? And like, particularly, I always say is like, people like to forget that this woman started in the 90s as a black woman of a black group. She is a black woman, regardless of the skin tones. The shit still happens. Mm-hmm. So when talking about that, the breakup of the group, people saying she's a flop, saying she can never be good, radio record labels telling her she has no hits on her first album. Like, this is a woman that has progressively always had to fight uphill, regardless of whatever platform she gets to. She's continually still going to have to battle uphill. So, like, when Cozy comes on, that's that also, like, links up to, like, the everyday battle of just having to work in, like, corporate America, having to battle uphill having to fight this, get to this level, been broke, still broke, trying to figure this out, speaking to creatives. Mm -hmm. We're broke for a long ass time and waiting to, for waiting. So it's like another cozy, cozy just hits home. I love cozy, cozy going into, and then like cozy talking about what you're going through. And then like alien is like what you think you're going to be Mm -hmm. and trying to get there. Like, I just love this album. I love this album so much. Do you love this album? I don't think I've said that enough. I don't think I don't think you love this album. Do you love this album? Maybe a little bit. I'm still I'm on the fence. 
<laughs> I'm on the fence. I'm sitting here listening to the album. So the my very first, my initial response to the album was, I think like every other person, you know, they're looking for, okay, what's the hit? Mm-hmm. You know, what what is the hit? What is the the thing that sticks? And for me, after the first listen, and it's like this with any time you listen to an album for the first time, nothing sticks yet. But I was grooving pretty hard the very first listen through. So I was like, okay, let me go back and let me see, you know, what's really up. So I go back through and I listen to it very early in the morning, like had my arm set because I'm an old man. (laughs) You're a what? A young boy. Uh, I woke A young up. lass. <laughs> uh, I put it on and I'm listening and I'm like, all right, this bops, this bops, but nothing is sticking. Nothing is sticking. And it's because Beyonce took the album in a very different direction than, you know, she's always, she's constantly reinventing herself, right? And so I'm just trying to, you get this idea in your head where you're like, okay, I'm going to listen for this. What is the partition? What is the this? What is the that? You know, and we, she gave us that with the very first release, right? Being mm. Break break My Soul. We got that, you know, radio pop hit. Still a very powerful track and all the influence that's in that track. But we got that. But none of the other songs on the album feel like, quite like that feels until you get to Pure Honey, in my opinion. Right? Especially once you get to the honey portion of it. But all of the songs still hit in a really, really, really interesting and different and very creative way that I really appreciated, but I didn't really appreciate it until my second and third listen of the album. I'm like, okay, now I'm picking up on all of the references. Now I'm picking up on what she's saying with this album. Now Mm -hmm. I'm picking up on, you know, who she's speaking to in the album and what she's talking about in the album. And I'm not trying to focus on what are the hits and now all the lyrics are starting to stick and I'm hearing it now, right? Um... And I'm trying to just, like, remind people, there are so many people that I've spoken to who I don't know that I need to be friends with anymore, who listen to it the first time. They're like, I don't get it. It's not for me. And I'm like, go back and listen one more time. Would they pass the paperback test? All of them would. Yeah. They did it themselves. (laughs) But, I mean, like, and and that's what I've always... That's what I've always really appreciated, especially like, you know, the newer Beyonce, like post Matthew Knowles, mm-hmm. is that she said to herself, like, you're going to see me how I want you to see me. And I'm no longer trying to get a number one record. Mm-hmm. I'm not chasing that because I feel like people who chase that, your music sucks. It's stale. It goes nowhere. It lives for that that month and then it's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of the pop artists are essentially just one hit albums. Yeah. Dua Lipa. <laughs> yep, I'll say it. <laughs> you just made my nipples hard. Woo! Come on, agree to agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love Dua Lipa and I love, like, the, the dancey tracks and stuff like that, but that album is not gonna... I don't think that that album or many of the songs on that album are gonna last the test of time. Yeah. It's gonna exist in that moment. She's gonna have to come out with something new that is... Hopefully not just going to follow whatever the trends of the moment are, but that's what a lot of pop artists do. They figure out what are the things that people are listening to right now. They don't try to push the envelope at all. And I know this is I know, but not to talk shit, but like that, that sweetest pie thing, it just reeked of relevancy and not having it. Mm. Like, let me just like, it, th- that combo didn't make sense for me. Dua Lipa and Megan, Megan Thee It did not make sense to me. 
nothing to do with Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion could be on anything. I was just like, why are you doing this? Dua. I don't know. But anyways, so I love that she's not chasing that. And like, and that kind of rings sense to like you being like, well, I couldn't really hear anything that's like, but yet alone, like when this came out, what, seven out of these tracks were in the top 10. Mm-hmm. So it's like people, it's like challenge people to listen to music. Like we need that type of artistry. Don't just make things so easy for them. Like these two minute pop songs just drive me nuts. Yeah. Which they're all trying to just make you get more sales on Spotify, which I get it. The music industry is fucked up as far as how they do sales. But, like, challenge people. Like, put out art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to hear art. Yeah. And that's what this is for me. Like, I don't need another Kim Petras, Rita Ora, BB Rexa. They all sound the same. They're all existing within the same realm, making the same kind of music. And and I know we spotlighted this, a spotlight a lot of these women artists. And let me make this very clear. I don't mention male R&B artists, really male artists, because they're even shittier. Yes, 100%. They it's are... What talking about. If they pass the paper bag test and they do pop, it's queer baiting. If they're on the other end of it, it's just all this weird same songs about how good you make a pussy feel. Mm-hmm. It is the same shit rinse wash dry repeat like it is just the same thing so that's why i'm not mentioning them because i don't think any of them are worth mentioning that's that and i said what i said now i didn't think i would like break my souls even more than i did with the transition from energy my heart i just i honestly like you know they have the king's album you know jay-z and kanye i really want beyonce and big frida to make a joint album oh that would be incredible could you imagine Oh, the bops. Could you imagine? I just, it's, and like my heart warms when I hear Big Frida say, release your wiggle. <laughs> like I'll be having a bad day or be mad at, you know, a certain person that got with me on the internet. And I'll just hear, release my wiggle. And I just be releasing that shit. And I'll do a little wiggle. <laughs> I just love it. Love it. But yes, on energy. So now we're at energy. Okay. So this is what happens. So Khalees sued Neptunes over a lot of her big hits. Primarily what was sampled in this was Milkshake. And it's a little part, la 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 la. So what happens, she sued Milk, She sued Neptunes. They ended up winning. She doesn't have any rights to that. Beyonce used that little sn- snippet of la la la. Mm-hmm. Put it on the album. Credits Khalees along with Neptunes. And now for the first time, Khalees was actually going to make royalties from that which she never had before. Khalees then said, because she wasn't informed, said that, you know, this was theft and wasn't asked. And technically, it was not theft because it went through the right proper channels for the people who actually owned it. And to me, that just screamed ego. Mm-hmm. That you wanted to be stroked in some way that, like, I need you to come to me and ask you. She really didn't have to. She also didn't have to put... She also, like, saw that you didn't get credit and credited you for it. Right. So now you're actually making money off of this, which you never had before. And then you say this isn't women supporting women. Yeah. She had the nerve to go on and say, oh, don't just talk about it, be about it. Right. Don't just say that you are feminist and you are, you know, women empowerment. But then you turn around and, you know, don't have enough decency or respect. At least tell me that you're using it. And she said it has nothing to do with uh, the... What did she say? Something about, you know, I'm not mad that, you know, she's taking my stuff or, you know, because people do that all the time. Beyonce's copied me before. It's not about that. I'm like, so what is it about? I just think, honestly, I 
this is how I have a hard time understanding. If she was unaware, if T.S. Madison was aware that she was getting royalties, Khalees, look at your team. Who didn't inform you? Who didn't inform you? Now, yes, I am a Beyonce stan. I know the history of Jay-Z, Nas, and Khalees. They, Khalees and Nas used to be together. They're not together. Nas is signed with uh, Rock Nation. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's other underlying things in this because it just does not add fully up to me. So, like, I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I, I just didn't understand that. That moment could have been differently, even if it was an issue, as I am dealing with someone else who is has a habit of being on the internet and saying shit, it could have been handled offline. Right. There was no need to post these videos, talking all this shit, you know, handle it like an adult. Hey, I would have appreciated if you would have let me know about XYZ things. Thank you so much for, you know, at least putting me on the track and giving me credit for, you know, the work that I put into this song, whatever. But it doesn't have to turn into like this, this unnecessary you fight and this went, unnecessary commentary. You went to the internet. You didn't even go to Beyonce. You, you went, went to, to the, the internet. internet. So I meant that you were trying, like, I don't know what you were trying to do, but Beyonce owns this internet. Sorry. Her, her The beehive does. And I don't even know why. You, if I if I personally has actually been wronged by Beyonce, baby, you ain't never going to hear about it on the internet. You're going to have that beehive coming for me, doxing me, putting my information out on it. I'm going to let the court system handle that. You ain't going to hear little Bo Peep out of me. Little Bo Peep. Okay. Sister. Now, you know I'm a church girl. Are you a church girl? I am a church girl. And when I heard... Church Center thy, thine will be sampled. <laughs> I said, oh, she's taking it back to like the Destiny's Child roots. Oh, she's going to like, oh, we're about to get a go- Sunday brunch. Here we go. And man, did my jaw hit that floor when she said it must be the cash because cash because it ain't Thanks that face. Ooh. Ooh, baby. I mean, I that I'll say that is the track that caught me off guard the most. It's probably one of my favorite tracks on the album. It caught me. It got me, gal. It got me, gal. Gagarina. Just everything about that song, especially just, you know, all the stereotypes you hear about church girls, right? Like, oh, she's like, she's a freak in the streets, but she's like a nice, respectful girl when she's in front of her father or she's in the Mm -hmm. church, whatever. My first listen through with that song, I understood what she was talking about in that song right away. I was just like, ma'am. Okay, fine. Let's go. Let's do this. I'm here for it. That was also the very first song with the first run through, I would, I would say, that ha- probably had me like wanting to get up and bounce that ass the most. And I just thought that it was hilarious that it was titled Church Girl. I'm like, girl, why are you doing this? Because I think like out of all respectability politics, it's always built out of the church. 100%. And sorry, the religion, whatever your church is, mm-hmm. it's built out of that. So like... I mean, that's an ongoing conversation I have with my own parents of, like, shedding that, mm-hmm. a lot of that shit, just because, like, it took me forever to come out because of the church. It took me forever to, you know, express myself because of the church. It just took forever. So, like, hearing her be held up against that, one, being a woman, and, like, they get hit ten times harder because we all know these preachers, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i.e. someone's ex-husband from Potomac. Man. I eat every preacher, which one we hold them to a whatever. Baby, this is that bounce song. This is that that's the is that bounce, baby. 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 
Uh, what's the sample that she's at the end of it? Um, when it's like, you can be my daddy if you want to. Yeah, you, yeah. you can be tatted if you... Uh, um, you can be my daddy if you want to. It's a New Orleans artist. And my my brain is failing me right now. It's okay. We'll figure it out. But but when that beat came in, that is really when it was it was in a circle at that point. In a circle. Everywhere. Could not stop it. Everywhere all at once. It was just... It just took over. It just took over. I can't wait to see her perform this live. Oh, you know what? I think another reason that this song stuck with me so much is this is probably the only song on the album that has as much repetition as it does. True. Yeah. And I was just like, okay. So first listen through, I hear that song and it sticks really well. So I'm obviously I'm approaching this from a from a songwriter's perspective and just like a listener's perspective. You are approaching this as an absolute stan. And I love that about you. <laughs> Give it all to us. But also shout out to Twinkie. Clark. Oh, Jesus Christ. Wow. Wow. Oh. I'm better than this. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. And right after that statement. <laughs> <laughs> and right after that. It's okay. It's uh, so for any of those who don't know, that is a Clark sister singing. That is uh, from the Clark. The Clarks. Um, the song is Center Thy Will. Which, honestly, which I understand that she loves when they sample her music because, like, any way that someone will find God through their music, they don't mind. Or I think particularly she does not mind. I don't want to speak for the rest of the sisters. Mm -hmm. So, actually, that's one of my favorite songs. So, like, when I heard that, I was also like, I need to work for Parkwood. Like, I be... (laughs) Sometimes I just be like, we just too too attuned. We're here. We just be... We just, like... We be, you know, maybe it's the Texas growing up in Houston... I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the Frenchies, which you don't know about. Frenchies fried chicken is like near TSU campus, and it is literally the best fried chicken I've ever had. And this is not a sponsored ad. I've loved if, if if you know me, if anybody who has known me for a while, anytime people talk about like Houston and going there, they're like, "Where should I eat?" I'm like, "Frenchies fried chicken." You have to get the five wing special, French fries, and you have to get the strawberry soda. All of the flavors just they beautiful. They they're beautiful. The uh, church girl. <laughs> All right, let's move into... So we talked a little bit about Plastic Off the Sofa, but we didn't go too, too in-depth. For me, obviously, Plastic Off the Sofa, as I mentioned before, I think that technically speaking, this is the uh, most technical skill vocally that she shows on the album. Just the range of of um, everything. It was, a, it was a forget-me-not. Don't ever forget, bitch. That if I need to, I will pull out these vocals. Yes, very that. I will. Will, did, and just the theme of the song. So she goes into a number of these songs get just, just dirty. Just, there's so many songs about sex on this album. I'm just like, you know what? Go off. I did, I thought this was her least dirty. It's no, it's, it's her least dirty. But it, it it's gets, sensual though. You know what it gives me? It gives me like Patty Bell and the Bluebells, Lady Marmalade, where you're singing along to it and you don't really realize like this is a song that you're we all have it and like you, you sing along with it as a kid because your parents are listening to it, but you had no clue that it was talking about fucking. You had no absolute clue that it was sex. It's sneaky. She's sneaky with this one. And that's what I've always that's what I loved about like the music. That's what I loved about the songwriting about that time period of like the 60s and the 70s is they were talking about some shit, but like it was written in such like a flowery, delicate way that it was just you didn't realize what you were actually grooving to and like seeping into your subconscious was sex, baby. 
Now, I was reading something that said that this goes into references of when Jay-Z was cheating on her. Okay, come on, TheRoot.com. So, I'm trying to pick up on what lyric is touching on that. Do you have any idea? I did not see that. I'm going to see if I can do some digging for us. We'll come back to it. I'm looking at the lyrics and... I honestly didn't think we will ever really kind of... Because I feel like, you know, the art of forgiveness is like you can't really go back to something if you forgive them. Well, there's a lyric that says, I know nobody's perfect, so I'll let you be. It's the way that you wear your emotions on both of your sleeves to the face you make when I tell you that I had to leave. I don't hear it. I mean, that's a quick... That's a, it's, If that is the only lyric... Is that, that from that the side chick's it, perspective? No, I think that that would be from Beyonce's perspective of saying like... Listen, I know that everybody makes mistakes. This was a big mistake, and I didn't want to have to leave, but here we are. Okay, I can kind of see it. I'm I'm not not seeing it, but I'm not it's not 2020 vision. Right. I think at the end of the day that that particular song is still about like I'll say maybe that was like 2% of it, but the other 98% was just like love. I love it. It's you. just she it's loves love. being in love. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I was at. But, you know, that that is still a moment that you have to, that she had to face particularly about being in love is she loves being in love. She loves being in love with who she's in love with. So when something like that happened, it still broke her to have to do what she had to do. Right? That's still a powerful lyric to put into a song where she's talking about being in love. Well, she left. She left. She left that note on the, and she went on tour. That's why she extended Mrs. Carter world tour. I'm, I'm Okay. 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 I'm just saying. She left. She did what she had to do. But packed them bags. True. She did what she had to do, but that says <laughs> nothing about did she enjoy having to do that? Or did it hurt having to do that? She had to make it. I imagine it hurt because like in the moment, in these situations, take them out of it. If she were to cheat on him, it would never, he would never, I can't forgive that. Meanwhile, there's been a whole train of bitches. You know what I mean? Have you have you have you experienced that with your friends? It's just like dynamic that women when men cheat, they always be like, it was nothing but sexual, but women cheat, oh, but it was emotional. As if the two were different. Right. Uh-huh. And then be like, if she ever cheat on me, man, I could never get back with that. Meanwhile, all these women keep taking all these dudes back. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. saying, like, even if she left and cheated, I don't think the story would have played out the same. Because that would have taken a lot sure. of therapy on his part. Right. I mean, because for them, for for men, I'm obviously not all men, whatever, but it's a blow to the ego and they can't handle that. And that's really what it comes down to. It's like, because in my experience and seeing people in relationships and uh, hetero relationships, heteromantic relationships uh, specifically, it's they're very possessive over very their that. partners. Specifically, I feel like men are more possessive over women. So, like, then it becomes, oh, she's mine. How could she go off and do this? Does this man own her now? Yada, yada, yada. Right? It becomes a possessive thing. It becomes a blow to the ego thing and not even necessarily a sex thing or an emotion thing. Personal feelings. But that's what I'll say about that. I just kind of got gagged. What's up? For Virgo Groove lyrics, Beyonce is listed as the only songwriter. The only songwriter the on the only entire song, song? On the entire song. I mean, work. And I've been like going through the lyrics as we're going through this, and this is the one that has the longest set of lyrics. Mm-hmm. 
Go into it. I'm going to say Plastic Off the Sofa into Virgo's Groove. One of these was transitions. So smooth. I just don't know what you do after this. To me, this this song is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. This is in Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This is in the Smithsonian. This is in African American Museum. This song, to me, I just the grooves, the changes, the the, the uh, it was very it was she was Virgoing about. <laughs> she was just Virgoing about. She was Virgoing about like this is this should be in the definition of a Virgo in the dictionary. And they just play this song. The organization of this, like, bitch. I think this might, this is, today, this is probably my favorite song. It's definitely probably the one that I've played the most. Anytime I, so I've gotten to a point where I can listen to the track separately. If I just like, if I just want to hear a track, I don't have to do the entire album. Yes, the transitions are amazing. You know, that, that, uh, especially those transitions between, what is it? Cuff It and, what's after Cuff It? Energy to break my soul. Yes, cuff it into energy and to break my soul. Amazing transitions between those, and then obviously the transition between um, plastic off the sofa into Virgo's groove. I can't play one without the other. I've got. I can restart. I can can restart plastic off the sofa a lot of times, but then once it gets into Virgo's groove, if I want to listen to Virgo's groove again, you have to. I have to start to plastic off the sofa. (laughs) I have to. It just does not set out the way the same way for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why she just did not. Probably like I get it, but that could have been a ten-minute song. Now there are some people that have said that Virgo's groove is too long. I'm going to once again ask: Are they the paper bag test? It is a black man. Hmm. Hispanic. You well, know, sometimes. Loud and wrong? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know how they were raised. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But yeah, Virgo's Groove, it just... I just want to go to a roller rink. The references in this. The reference... The the, the sonic references. Uh Uh-huh. Like, I, I... 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 I can't... I want to see what was the BTS behind this. What do you think we're going to get as far as a visual for this? I I kind of hope it's animated. She hasn't done anything ever animated. And this seems a very animated song. Because I feel like to do it in live action would be like a $10 million spend. Which I don't think she's afraid of doing. But like I think this would be a really cool kind of psychedelic, you know, animated visual experience. I'm into that. I'm really into that. I could definitely get into that. Um, wow, yeah, that is something that she's never done before. Out of all her visuals, she's never done anything animated. Besides a movie, but that's not, you know, her. Yeah, that's not, yeah. Not her own project. But, yeah. And so, so I mean, like, I'm gonna... What really... So, there are two times I was gagged. Okay. Church Girl. Uh-huh. Sorry, three times. Church Girl, Plastic Sofa, Virgo's Groove was a gag. Just because... But Move and hearing Grace Jones. Oh. In my life, I never thought I would hear Beyonce and Grace Jones mm-hmm. on the same track. Tell the people why. Intentionally. Because Grace Jones has actually been very adamant about not working with these newer pop stars because she doesn't think that they bring anything creativity, creatively to the table. They're just copies. Mm-hmm. And so low-key, her doing this is like a sign of approval. Right. And if anyone's going to get it, 
It is Beyonce. It is and Beyonce. And she got that. And it's not... She it, got Grace Jones to say Yonce. Respect. Like, you got Grace Jones to say Yonce on the track? Respect is what it comes down to. And, you know, like, yes, there's the beehive. Yes, there's these, you know, crazy Beyonce stands, quote unquote. But this moment should say enough about what Beyonce is bringing to the table as far as artistry, right? You are getting the pickiest of picky people to come on and say, yeah, I'm for this. Why aren't you? But Grace Jones says, who is that girl in the back of the room? Baby, I straightened up. <laughs> I stood up straight saying, oh, is she, ta- is she talking to me? It's me. It's me. It's I'm sorry. me? It's the groove. It's the Yonce groove. Who is that gal in the back of the... Lo- and also, like, another, another side note, Grace Jones is like, I'm a super fan of Grace Jones. Like, mm-hmm. It's just one of those things. It's kind of like, I know I'm never going to get it because Tina Turner doesn't do music, but I would have also loved to see Beyonce and Tina Turner on the same song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen that. But I'm going to settle for Grace Jones, bitch. The way that I'm just watching you and all of this <laughs> It's like this album was made for you. I think it was. <laughs> Beyonce woke up and said, this one's for him. I think at one point during this last three years of bullshit, there was, we both had a, a weed high dream where our, on the, uh, what's it called? The realm where you're psychic realm. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We were, we, we had a full conversation. <laughs> For days in that psychic realm, and we shared ideas. I'm just, I'm just there. I'm there. I'm happy for you. I'm I happy really for you. I have. Okay, we gotta get through this because this is y'all. This is gonna be a different episode. It's change. It's different. We're gonna be a little bit fun. Just, 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 just let me get this out. <laughs> okay. So then Heated comes on. Okay. So Heated, we finally get to hear about Uncle Johnny. We, if you look at her Instagram, you got uh, her website, you got to see the dress that Uncle Johnny made. Heated also, this is where Ballroom is really starting to come. Yes. Ballroom was like, you know, that little dun, 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 like that little TikTok. This is it knocking, like trying to get in. <laughs> and here, after Heated, it's, it's just, it's there. We've arrived. We've arrived. We're in it. This is what I'm going to call my Michael Jackson, Prince era of music. Mm -hmm. Like, this is where I felt like she was really pulling on those creative sources. Yeah. Thick. Oh, thick. Thick. Not as nasty. In the best way. Once again, she is listed as the only songwriter on that. How many songs is she the only songwriter on? Don't know. But we're going to find out. But I'm going to go back through. But now I've actually, since I started mentioning is the first time I was looking. Okay, so Thick and Virgo's Groove so far that we know of. Okay. Cash getting bigger. I mean, I, so now we have like the traps part, trap starting to come into this a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just. What was that noise? It's just so good. It's just so good. It's so good. I'm at the beginning. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> This show is going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that Uchi Kuchi Lala. I'm about to change my Instagram handle to Uchi Kuchi Lala. You won't. I probably will. 
<laughs> it's at least gonna hit the bio. I got that Uchi Kuchi. <laughs> so to me, this is giving me a lot of lyrically some Zotico references. There's a song called Kuchi, which I'll put it in the I'll put it on the Instagram post y'all can find it and listen to it. It's one of my favorite um I'm a little too hype right now, so I can't remember their name, but it's a song that I used to listen to as growing up. It's Zotico, which is a Creole uh, music form, which she's also Creole. My family's Creole. I'm just saying the connections were there, baby. Um, but yeah, I loved I loved Thick. Thick was a good one. Now, all up in your mind. I mean, so do you have anything else to add to Thick? No. 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 I just I just loved Thick for literally her just being like this is me and you're welcome. Like, this is this nasty groove, everything about this. Um, and it's not the first time that she has touched on, you know, the sexual nature of herself and women and just being able to do that and be that. So I heard that when I was just like, okay, I'm with it. Let's keep going. I like, and I also like that sometimes it's like a little bit shade to like, she's always like, yeah, and this is natural. And she's like, she's, she's like, she's never let you forget. <laughs> she's never. And she also was like, stretch marks on my titties, ass getting bigger, stretch marks on my titties. I'm like, thank you. They're they keeping it real. Is that the song where she says, and in, in these big old titties? Or, yes, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard that line, I was just like, Beyonce, girl. No, no, big old titties is on church girl. Oh, wow. Which made that even better for even. me. <laughs> big old titties. She said big old titties. Did she say big old titties or pretty titties? Something. She mentioned titties, I think, and thick, but big old titties is definitely in church, girl. Work. Now, All in Your Mind was my favorite for the past two days. Yeah. All up in you. your mind, like, this is where I was like, what if Prince and Beyonce did a song together? Literally, so I was in the gym today and that that particular song came on and I think that was the moment where I actually heard that song for the first time and I was just like oh this is that was another one where like the hook of that song kind of just worms its way in and I was like okay yeah 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 yeah, this one because I was thinking about it when you you posted something about like what are your top four songs from renaissance and I was trying to think about it and I saw that you put that song on there I was like I don't even I can't seem to remember that one why can I remember that one and then I heard it come on I was like Oh, yeah, no, this makes sense. Listen to Hip Hop Star on her first album, mm-hmm. and then listen to that one, and this is, like, that song, but better. Okay. And, like, on steroids. It's kind of, because I felt like, for an artist, she's always gone through a lot of genres, and this one I felt was, like, the one that really, like, I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, you you really try some, you try some shit here, here. Okay, word, word, yes, yes, mm, mm. Is this the one? Okay, so there's there's at, towards the end of one of the songs, she just 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 starts saying random stuff on the mic, like flat out. I'm trying to think of what the lyrics are. Do you have the lyrics for that particular song up right now? Yeah, this one she just repeats the same things. It's like I try to get up up in your mind. It stops at a crime, and I'm mm-hmm. gonna make you mine. I try to get up on your mind. Be careful what you ask for, because I just might comply. Ooh, maybe I'm thinking of something different. Then there's there's one song where I, I was gonna I was gonna send it to you. Oh, actually, I think I'm thinking at the end of Heated, where 
I was like, she's just all up in her ballroom commentator bag right now. I think it's heated. It's heated. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And I was just like, I wanted to text that to you so bad. I was like, no, we're not allowed to talk about it yet. We're not allowed to talk about it to the podcast. And I, I just kept listening to that back. I'm like, she is all up in this commentator bag right now. Yada, 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 yada. That is very me trying to be the commentator. One you see what I'm saying? We be like, we be knowing. <laughs> I have always wanted to be one of those commentators. They are. I've seen them when they. I've seen them. I've seen some really good ones, and I'm nowhere near. But I'm trying. You're trying. I'm trying. I believe in you. Continue. <laughs> America has a problem, and that problem is Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> what more? What more do you need? What more do you She said, y'all have a problem and it's me. Shake your asses more. <laughs> Catch up. Shake your asses proper. If you lived a little bit like me, then we would not have a problem. Period. What else can you say? That's all that really needs to be said. Now, I'm going to let you have this one because I feel like this is you. What? Pure honey. So, pure honey, I really, really, really dig just because I really appreciate the two separate vibes that you get from it. Um, also, I obviously really love, uh, uh, I keep saying Kevin Prodigy, but it's Kevin, uh, what, how do you say his last name? I'm not even sure. Um, but it starts off very ballroom, right? You get that straight out the gate. And I think when it transitions into honey and it gives you more of this, like, it sort of takes it back to another 70s groove, sort of. I'm trying to think of what the inspiration for this particular part of the song is. But I said, you know, this this sort of vibe was the only other time that I got a vibe that was similar to Break My Soul in a way that it's very... It's probably the only other part of a song that gives you more of a pop vibe. And I was just like, okay, cool, this is dope. I didn't mm-hmm. realize that it, it was still a part of the same song. But... Having, I'm just going to keep saying Kevin Prodigy because that's how I know them, uh, especially from, uh, especially from their Instagram. But hearing that start the song and then knowing that so many commentators use that in ballroom, like when you're actually at a ball, you'll hear, you know, should I go, should I go, should I go, should I go left, should I go, should I go, should I go right? Like you'll hear them do that and like, this is where it's coming from. Uh And I'm like, oh, this is fire for her to put this in here mm-hmm. it's like again we are getting a history of dance music we're blending it into and, and it's, i don't even think it's just because your know, ballroom and voguing and stuff like that is making a big splash on the scene again i think she's doing it as pure respect for her uncle pure respect for how the scene actually grew centering it where it belongs yes where it should have been but still in a way that's very respectful it's very mindful she's not she's still understanding she is a visitor in this space right yeah i'm inviting the proper people to come in i'm gonna let them do their thing. i'm gonna let them set the atmosphere right and then i'm gonna play around in it right exactly so that's i live miss honey miss honey miss honey <laughs> miss ha honey when i heard that come on i was like wait <laughs> iconic Iconic. Iconic? Iconic. Like, what's what's good? You're annoying. (laughs) 
All right. And then rounding it out, I felt like this was like the jambalaya of the entire album was Summer Renaissance. Mm -hmm. Like that was the jambalaya of, that's the gumbo of this entire album accumulating of all the different references into this final song that is heavily induced by Miss, the late, great Donna Summers, Mm -hmm. which you can never go wrong, which isn't the first time she's ever sampled her. Nope. So, like, going back to that and being like, I'm going to still pay some more homage to this lady, it was just amazing. I loved it. And I know I said that, I said that about every song, but I really, truly, like, if you ask me my favorite tracks, it's 1 through 16. <laughs> it's 1 through 16. Couldn't help yourself. Can, cannot. So, do you have any last thoughts on Summer Renaissance? Summer Renaissance, actually, so I take it back. The uh, Honey Part of Pure Honey, Break, Break My Soul, and Summer Renaissance. I would say would be like if there had to be some kind of I wouldn't call it pop singles but some kind of singles or to give you a a vibe that is quote unquote digestible for Yeah, people, I get you. Summer Renaissance definitely falls into that. Especially with that Donna Summer reference. She's now such in the lexicon of like music of that era from the that time period mm-hmm. that like it's easy enough if Patty Joe Walker in Minnesota heard it. She would know that reference that it's maybe Donna. It's like, is this a Donna Summer song I didn't hear? Oh, I don't know this. She probably wouldn't go that far, but it's it's the most like tag into this. Like this is a good entry point, I guess, for those who don't know of the culture. Now, I already kind of said my favorite songs. Mm -hmm. Now, you know what? Should we take a little break? I think we should take a little break. Yeah. Hold on, I have a call coming in. Oh! It's Beyonce. Oh, she left a voicemail. It said, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm back. I've had a glass of water. I've chilled out a bit. And so now we're, we're going to have a fun episode. So we've, we've, we've just dived into this. So we're going to start asking some questions. And they're going to be a little bit renaissance. Then we're going to gear out. So are you ready for some questions, Miss J? I, I hope so. Girl, the way you have just been popping off about renaissance, thank you for just all of your enthusiasm around this. Because you're over here educating me. And I've listened to the album a ton of times. And I'm just like... You know what? This is her moment. Just this is her moment. <laughs> Have your moment, girl. Have, Have your, your moment. moment. Have <laughs> your moment. So, if you had to kick off one song from the Renaissance album, what would it be? How dare you? If I had to kick off one song. Okay, I have my answer. What would it be? And it's and it's because it's my least listened to song from the album. Uh, you are not gonna be happy about this. Is it all up in your mind? No, it's I'm that girl because I don't need the disclaimer. Sure. Okay. 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 I see that. I hear it. I'm like, okay, cool. And I move. I move quickly to cozy. Now that I've heard the the album, you know, so many times all the way through. Uh, if I want to listen to it and just still listen to it all the way through, I typically start with cozy. Mine would be cuff it. <gasps> Why? It's not that I don't like it. I feel like if I were to cut anything and things to still seamlessly work, uh-huh. transition-wise, that's the only one I could see going out. But, but I would never. 
But the transition. But like gun to my head. But the inner the end of energy and also energy kind of has some weird energy. Thank you, Miss Khalees. <laughs> <laughs> well, has some weird energy and also like the end part of it. Uh, energy to me is kind of the intro to break my soul. So like I'm okay with like the yah 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 going into it where Miss Frida starts what, being Miss Frida. Yes, so I'm good with that. Okay, all right, I'll accept that. Okay, are you ready for some more? Would you rather's? Let's do it. Would you rather be called baby or daddy? Oh, this took a hard left. Okay. Oh yeah, we're out now. Um, I would much prefer to be called daddy. Ooh, like 100. percent But I think that just comes from my dom side. Oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Would you rather have a baby vomit on you or vomit on a baby? <laughs> okay, so we have clearly transitioned away from Renaissance. We have not. I'm just changing up the energy a little bit. Okay. <laughs> We're going to throw some more Renaissance questions in there. Then, we so? are. Okay, all right. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, have a baby vomit on me, and the only reason I say that is because if I vomit on a baby, I'm also getting my ass kicked by their parents. That's actually a really good answer. What about you? I'm vomiting on the baby. I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. You just give zero cares, not a single care in the world. I have a, Do you hate children? Not ones that are biologically related to me. I saw that coming. All right, move on. <laughs> <laughs> I was never a child. Mm-mm. I was born this way. All right. Beyonce albums. Okay. One has to go. There's Beyonce, Crazy in Love. Is that the title of the first album? I don't think so. What is it? Oh, I think it's a gift from Virgo. Hold on. Wait. No. Um, Wait, I got to look this up. Wait a second. Yeah, you should be mad at yourself for this. Oh, it's Dangerously in Love. I always don't ever associate that with her. I associate that with Destiny's Child because that's when we first heard it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So there's Destiny's Child. (laughs) Sorry. I already know my answer. (laughs) All right, which one is it going to be? I am Sasha Fierce. Honestly, I kind of can see that. Yeah. It has a special place in my heart. Okay. I, I, there are songs on the album that were... Wait, both albums? Or the part one or part two? Because it's kind of a double album. True. Uh, if we're going part one, part two, then part one would be the one that would go. Oh. That's the one that has a Flower Boy and Halo on it, right? Yeah. Part one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can deal without it. Okay. Would you rather accidentally send a text to your mom or send a nude to your ex? I read that wrong. I feel like that. <laughs> Would you rather accidentally send a nude to your mom or accidentally send a nude to your ex? My ex, easy. Fuck that, huh? I want them to forget. You had all this. You gave it up. Mm. Would you rather be terrible in bed or terrible kisser? I know my answer in this. Terrible in bed or terrible kisser? Yeah. I'd rather be terrible in bed. Me too. There's nothing worse than a bad kisser. A bad kisser will never get to bad. Exactly. We'll never get there. You're just stuck. At least be a good kisser and be like, well, that wasn't what I thought I was going to get. Right. Versus like, well, if all of my forehead is wet, everything else will be terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I hate that. I hate when people are just like eating your face. I have how, how, how have I ended up with a tongue in my nose? How? Why? Were you with Venom? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) A tongue in the nose? Okay. And it's just like, 
Maybe that's them being freaky. No. Just I a kinda... terrible kisser. The tongue was just everywhere. I... It was on my cheek. It was just reaching for things. Were they licking other body parts? No. Were they a liquor? We were in a bar. Were they a limp liquor? A bar? Oh, I'm out. That's embarrassing. That is disgusting. That's embarrassing. Oh, I'm out. You can get away with some shit maybe in closed doors, but at a bar? At a bar. I don't want other people thinking they could do that to me. (laughs) (laughs) My whole thing is like, if you are making out with somebody, the same way that you need to communicate... When you are having sex to make sure that everyone is having a good time and you're doing what feels good and all of that. Everyone? How many people in there? Don't worry about me. Follow the person's lead that you're making out with. If not doing all this extra stuff when you are trying to do it, maybe tone it down. Reel it in. Match the energy. Stop licking the inside of somebody's nostril if they're just giving you... Yeah. Anywho. I've had so many bad kissers. I can't stand it. There's always that guy who ate chips and then came over to me to make out and still had chip particles in his mouth. Oh. I pointed him out to you. You pointed him out to me? Yeah. Oh, please point him out again because I need to know who this is. He's been in a couple of like our friend groups. He's also that type of person that like you might have made out with him once and they feel like they always have access to make out with you anytime they see you. Oh no, I will correct somebody in that moment. Yeah, he got corrected. Period. And it's never been the same since. Well, there goes the ego. Mm. I also can't stand a flutter tongue. What's a flutter tongue? Their tongue is just moving around way too quickly in your mouth. I hate the ones that just like don't commit to like putting their tongue in your mouth. <laughs> where they're like knocking at your lips and then like you're like okay wait for the moment cause I'm doing something and then like they go away and then like they can't find the rhythm again you're just like we're just doing a lot of open mouth kissing here buddy <laughs> we look like two trouts just kissing <laughs> what are we doing here <sighs> gross bring that tongue <laughs> bring it back bring that we <laughs> were knocking at the door and I opened it bring that black ass tongue in this mouth oh no stop <laughs> I'm not trying to heat the outside. Anywho's. Now, this question I thought was really funny. Oh, God. It's probably going to be funny to anyone else but me. Jesus. Would you rather go a year without eyebrows or go a year without eyelashes? (laughs) You know what? Both are going to make you look sickly. Both Both are are going to make make you look sickly. sickly. (laughs) I mean... Take the eyebrows, make it fashion. Mmm. I think I'm going to have to let, let them eyelashes go. Well, haven't you sort of let your eyebrows go before? And I've made that decision that the eyelashes can go. Because <laughs> I looked sick. Did not look healthy at it all. It was a choice. Did not look good. How long did it take for them to grow back? I don't know, but there's still some blonde pieces in there. And every so often I'm tempted just to go dye them. But I know if I dye them black, it will look even weirder yeah don't do that people quit quit dyeing your hair jet black no one's hair is that color and it just looks weird when you grow out go a deep chestnut a deep chestnut never go black it's giving vampire in the beginning especially those who are trying to hide that they're growing y'all are the worst offenders we know we know we know just accept it none of it looks natural next would you rather smell really bad or have really bad taste in music? Yeah, no, I'm going with bad taste in music because I can keep that to myself. 
Never can be on a road trip. No, I can be on the road trip. I'm just not going to add any of my music to it. Because it takes one person to say, what is this? For you to feel embarrassed enough to know that maybe you're not supposed to be added to the music list anymore. <laughs> That's it. What song would you want, like, if Beyonce walked into the room and you had to perform a song of hers, which one would it be? And you have to do it perfectly, flawless. One plus one. Why one plus one? Uh, it is a song that I know that I can sing well. She'll be the judge. <laughs> Are you sure it's her or is it you? Let's calm down, Miss Ma'am. I don't know. We seem to be in sync right now. Uh-huh. Okay. One plus one. That is a song that I connect with for multiple reasons. But it's also, and this is going to sound really stupid, especially after all the conversations that we've had about just Beyonce's artistry and stuff so far today, but hearing her sing that backstage at some... Oh, the American Idol. I know, and Jay-Z was recording. Yes. Yes, I know. Hearing her sing that, that way, is when I really understood just how powerful of a singer she is, and I used that song and that particular performance to sort of emulate emulate how to control my dynamics a lot. Mm. And so I'd be like, I just want to show you this. Once again, the queen of teaching. Beautiful. Masterclass. All right. Speaking about people think having things in their mouth, would you rather receive oral sex from someone with a mouth full of hot sauce or someone who uses their teeth a lot? Yeah, no, I'm going hot sauce. Hot sauce. I'm going hot sauce. Hot sauce on soft tissue? I'm going hot sauce. In a little pee hole? I do not need you scraping me with them jagged edges. There's nothing that takes me out of the moment more than when I feel a tooth. I told you about the guy in Paris, right? No. I don't know why I'm whispering and I'm on a microphone. You really are, and I'm going to turn it up. Oh, God. <laughs> so it was in Paris. Actually, our little Parisian, Parisian Matthew. Mm-hmm. Matthew. So I was having interaction with one guy, and there was this other guy that was trying to get some, but he was very toothy. So like every time I was like, oh, I need to like calm down, I would pull him over because it would take me out of the moment. Because oh <laughs> it was God. so toothy. <laughs> Come over here. I need to calm down real quick. Sometimes play the role. He seemed to be having fun. A little painful for me, but then I was able to last longer. You know what? If it works, he doesn't have to know. Le Sector X. For any of those who are in Paris, check out Le Sector X. Okay. Noted. Yeah. (laughs) I mean... I'll check it out. It was a finer version of Eagle. With multiple levels in the basement, in the catacombs of Paris. The catacombs. You, I did go down a little bit far. It was it kind of scary at one point. I thought about earthquakes. Tangent. Oh. <laughs> All right. Now, this is my one of my favorite questions. Okay. Would you rather watch your parents have sex, or would you rather your parents watch you have sex? And bullet is not an option. <laughs> yeah, this one is this one. It's literally pick your death. And why you think of this, I'm an answer. I have already conceptualized that I got here because my parents had sex. So I'd rather watch my parents than them have watched me. Ugh. I don't need my family hitting me up for tips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with my parents watch me. Wow. And why? Because I'm not ashamed of anything that I do and... They obviously have had sex. They know that I, too, have sex. So why would you rather them watch you? I mean, I... Because I'm not embarrassed about anything. Oh, so you want them to ask you about tips and tricks? No. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sounds like you do it to me. No, it just sounds like I don't want to see my parents have sex. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> no, this one's going to be even nastier. Okay. Actually, I'm going to save this one for the end. Actually, this one is very kind of, not funny, but interesting. Would you rather be with someone you love or someone who loves you? But it can only be one way. I'm going to say, actually, I think this is actually like, do you want, because there's always like grandparents, you know, they're always talk, like, they should love you more. They should like you more than you like them. I hate that. But that's like a saying. So would you want someone who is in love with you or would you rather be with someone you're in love with? The logical part of my brain wants, the, so the logical part of my brain wants to say, I would rather be with someone that is in love with me just because you're obviously going to get like those, you know, that serotonin boost that you get from knowing that somebody's thinking about you or, you know what I mean? Sure. But emotionally. You want that feeling as well. Sure. But I think that my actual answer is I would rather be with someone that I'm in love with. Because that I'm always going to have that that floaty feeling like I know that I have this person you know, like, and I just, I want to do things for them and I really care about them and I know that they're there. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, that, I'm I'm more excited about that than the other way around. Maybe because, like, I feel like I have more control in that situation. Like, I know that I'm in love with this person. I feel person. like, to me, this is like you would have less control. It's one way to look at it. And I understand that perspective. I don't know. I just, I feel like I would rather be in be with someone that i'm in love with i think i want someone to be in love with me i feel like if i have to pick out of this if it's not a mutual thing right well obviously the goal would be for it to be mutual but also i don't think that's always mutual then i don't think y'all need to be in a relationship but i think things ebb and flow sure like sometimes they're in love with you sometimes you're in love with them i don't think it's always the same I think there's like, if you can physically see what I'm doing right now. He's doing a lot of stuff with his hands that y'all can't see. You just can't see. But I feel like, you know, the bar is raised sometimes and another is lower. It, 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 it moves. But I would like for the constant bar for the other person to always be in love with me. Got it. <laughs> attention whore. It's not an attention whore, but sometimes, you know, like, I think that's like, uh, the, you know, you want to... Disney, you want to always have that everlasting love, but no one says you have to reciprocate it, but you want it. You know what I mean? I mean, I do, but at the same time, it's like, I, I feel wanna... like I'm wasting my time at a certain point if I'm just not in love with you. I'm just constantly going to be looking for someone else that I am actually in love with. I think I could fall in love with that. Not me. Couldn't do it. Because if they're loving me, then they're going to learn me and learn my love language, which is food. Girl. Which is seafood. Next question. <laughs> Would you rather eat... This one... Side note. I'll tell you after this. Would you rather have Oreo toothpaste or eat Oreo with toothpaste? I would rather have Oreo toothpaste. I don't know if you would. Why not? So when I was back home, I used my little nephew's toothpaste. And I thought it would be fine because I packed all my shit up because I had an early flight and his was there. And I was like, I'll just pack my toothpaste. I only think. And it was like, it's like citrus flavored. It was the most god awful thing I had ever had in my mouth. And I have had things. 
I spit that shit out so fast, <laughs> went to my bag, unpacked my toothpaste, brought it out, and like scrubbed for five minutes. It was kids' toothpaste is the most disgusting toothpaste in was the it, world. Did it just taste artificial? Was it? I don't sweet? know. Whatever like, they said the flavor was was not the flavor. <laughs> There was like an orange, a pineapple. None of that shit came through. Mm-mm. That's my mom to send a photo of it so I could see like in post. It was disgusting. It was the most disgusting toothpaste I've ever had. So I think I'm choosing an Oreo with toothpaste. At least I have a chocolate, mint chocolate. People eat that. That's not far. I'm going to have a tummy ache from eating toothpaste, but a tummy ache. Look at me being a... I was in uncle mode. Look, look, look. <laughs> All right. We have two more questions. Okay. Would you rather have sex with someone who insists on talking dirty in a bad British accent or with someone who does all their dirty talk in a really off-putting baby voice? Oh, no. The first one. God, please. No. Hey, old governor. I would Sticking take that. it to you, mate. I would much <laughs> rather that. Oh, daddy. <laughs> See? Look. Sounds disgusting. Okay. Okay. Last one. Last one, last one. Here we go. Would you rather watch your parents have sex every day for the rest of your life? Why? Or join in once and make it stop? Absolutely. (laughs) Why? Oh. (laughs) I'm obviously going with the first option. Because at least at a certain point, I'll get used to it. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to say that. I knew that was going to take me out, and it did. It took me out. I don't know if I'll ever forgive you. I wish I could have just seen the face. I don't think I've ever seen Jay make that face before. Now I know what the face is of utter disgust. Um, And Jay will just continue watching his parents have sex. Now, do we have time for one more question? This is part of our girl. I've been to therapy. Yes. I think we have time for one. Okay. Let's do it. Okay, pick number one or two. Two. Okay. All right. After being on again, off again with a guy I really liked, we eventually got married. When we were in our off again stage, we were still friends and I talk about other guys in front of him. Now we're married and he wants to open the relationship because he sees his friends in open relationships. He feels as though monogamy can be toxic and possessive. I can entertain the idea because I love him, but I'm worried being open the way he wants to be open can breed dishonesty in our relationship. He doesn't want to set any rules and gets uncomfortable when I tell him he can be transparent with me about his needs. When we were talking again, but not being intimate, intimidated, sorry, hooked on phonics, 
He hooked up with a guy and gave him an STI. I'm worried that if we were open, things like this could happen and he wouldn't tell me about it. Am I overreacting? What should I do? Okay, I'm trying to understand. I'm hearing a lot of things that are jumping out at me. There's, I think it meant to say when we were being intimate again or we weren't being intimate again. When we were talking again, but not being intimate. intimate. That's not what was spelled. That's Got what I was it. like, huh? So they were talking again, but they weren't having sex. The partner hooked up with a guy that gave him an STI. Got it. And he's afraid of something like that happening if they open the relationship. Mm-hmm. Is what it sounds like. Okay. So this is a long one. And not tell him about it. And so this is this is the STIs happen. Right. It's what happens after is where it gets questionable. Right. Especially if you're in a relationship. And you're open, and you're in an open relationship. So there's a couple of things that are really jumping out to me in this situation. The first thing that really jumped at me was your partner gets uncomfortable with you when you tell him that he can be transparent and honest with you. I would address that first. Like, why is your partner uncomfortable with the idea? that he can be honest with you about what his sexual desires or needs are. To me, that says that either they have some existing trauma that they need to talk to a professional about to figure out what is it that they are afraid of happening if they're honest with you. Will that honesty, are they worried that the honesty is going to scare you away? Are they afraid that something that they're into or something that they want to talk about is going to end the relationship. Even though you're telling this person time and time again, please just be honest with me. I just want to talk through this. Maybe he doesn't understand that you really just want to work through it and that it's not going to scare you off. That's the first thing that I would address with your partner. You said something along the lines of, Uh, The type of open relationship that he wants to have breeds dishonesty. Can you read that part for me again real quick? I can entertain the idea because I love him, but I'm worried being open the way he wants to be open can breed dishonesty in our relationship. He doesn't want to set any rules and gets uncomfortable when I tell him he can be transparent with me about his needs. Oh, baby, no. It's not going to work. I think that in my experience, being in an open relationship, it can evolve over time and the rules can change. You know, once you know that you have a really strong foundation of trust and love and you don't have to be fearful of somebody running off and you can separate the ideas of physical, you know, attraction and physical needs and romantic needs. Sure, it can get to a point where you don't feel like you have to tell every detail about the hookups that you're having. But if he's trying to do that from the start, and honestly, just knowing that you have been on again, off again, I think that there's some things that you two need to work through first before you can, one, open the relationship in general, but two, boundaries for you two and your, what your open relationship could look like I would highly advise some sort of rules being set up, at least in the beginning, because 
Or maybe don't call them rules, since he seems to be very <laughs> afraid. Averse just to the term? <laughs> Calling them um, invisible dog... Invisible fences? Ah, uh, you're annoying. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems... I mean, you. it kind of... I don't know. This seems like some fuckboy attitude. I'm on, getting fucked. On whose boy. part? On the one who wants to hook up? The one who wants to open a relationship without there being a conversation. Yeah. That like, seems very fuckboy. I don't see a way for that to work without you to really agreeing on what the open relationship looks like. Just opening up the relationship and just having no set boundaries, no rules, and it's a free-for-all. Baby. That's a problem. Especially just because like, it doesn't sound like you two are there and ready for something. It's clear that you're not ready for something like that yet. I was in a situation where I was in an open relationship. And it was known that we were fucking other people and he would hide his phone. It would be like, we would be sitting there texting and he would like turn so I couldn't see. And at one point I was like, dude, as far as I'm concerned, we both are aware that we're fucking other people. So what is with this like hiding? Like you're making me think that there's other weirder things going on and that burned and crashed. So honesty has to be a part of the open relationship and, and, I've never seen it work successfully where people weren't having conversations about it constantly. Not constantly, but checking in, updating. Like, I have never seen someone be like, no rules, no interaction, say nothing. And it is the time of their lives. I've never seen that. It just, it doesn't make sense. Now, I have met, you know, couples that will be in open relationships and they'll make it a point that they don't want to hear about the other things because they have accepted the idea that they would like to be in an open relationship. But the idea of, you know, but specifically, I don't want to know who it is. But talking about health is important. Right. STIs and making sure you don't pass along to other people unknowingly is important. Right. And that brings me to my next point. The person said that their partner, while they were talking, but they weren't having sex, the partner had sex with somebody and caught an STI. Okay, fine. And, but you, and you're worried about that happening to you if the, if the relationship opens. Yes, STIs happen. It's unfortunate, but it happens. But I think part of that also comes down to setting rules around what your sex practices are going to be outside of the relationship. What does protection look like outside of the relationship versus inside of the relationship, right? You can't, you can't just jump into an open relationship and just, okay, I'm just going to hook up with whoever and whatever happens, happens. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like crash and burn, that's going to crash and burn. It sounds like... One, your partner has some things that they need to work out when it comes to trust and honesty with a partner and communicating what exactly it is that they want. It sounds like they don't trust that, from what I am understanding, it sounds like they don't really trust that you are going to continue to be there for them when they do tell you what their sexual desires and needs are. And so they want to hide those things. It sounds like you two have to to work on your communication first before even opening up this relationship. I would strongly advise setting up some kind of rules or boundaries and helping your partner understand why that's going to be important and understanding that that can evolve and change over time. Um, and setting rules specifically around what your sex practices are going to be outside of the relationship 
so that you can minimize the risk of, you know, bringing an STI from outside of the relationship into the relationship. You've had a lot of ups and downs in your relationship up to this point. It sounds like there's definitely some conversations that still need to happen as you approach this new part of your relationship. But just jumping into it and being open straight out the gate, I don't know how to help your partner understand that. Maybe go to couples counseling. Maybe talk to some other friends about how their open relationships are working. But the way that your partner wants to approach it right now, it's not going to work. That's clear. It's not going to work that way. And you have to come to an understanding of how it should work. I'm still gagged on eventually got married. Yeah, like, what are the details around Eventually, that? I was just like, well, girl, did you even want to do that? Right. And so, like, honestly, I would I would look into some therapy yourself, you know, to kind of figure out y- your attachment to this person and your relationship with this person. You know, you said that you're willing to entertain the idea of an open relationship, but it doesn't sound like you really want to be in one, you know? So you... Are you making this compromise for him because you're married to him and that you and because you really love him? Why are you willing to make that compromise? Why is he unwilling to make the compromise of just setting rules? You have to figure these things out before you jump into this. I'm going to take a gander and I feel like dishonesty has been an issue in the relationship. And this is just like spotlighting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you're saying bringing can breed dishonesty, then you probably already feel there's dishonest practices, white lies, you know, lies of omission. Mm -hmm. It seems like there's other things that, as you said, need to get ironed out before this conversation, before this new relationship breeds life. Or... I hate that I said breed. (laughs) Or it's possible that, and I don't know, because you didn't mention it, but have you had negative experiences with open relationships before... Where, you know, certain things like hiding a phone or hiding certain conversations or omitting certain things about conversations happened. And now you're worried about that happening with your current partner. I don't know. These are only answers that you have. You know, if you listen to this episode, shoot us an email and let us know. You know, shoot us a message on Instagram and let us know what the history is behind this. Or if there's any other details that you left out that you'd like us to know, I'm happy to go into more detail with this either with you or on air. But right now, as far as I can understand, there's a lot of stuff that needs to get ironed out before you even approach the open relationship conversation. There's things that need to get talked about. Well, thank you, Jane. If any of you all have any other questions, they don't have to be about open relationships. They could be about what best foundation you can use, um, eyeliners, any of those questions, please send your emails to WTMOSpodcast at gmail.com. That is WTMOSpodcast dot <laughs> at gmail.com. You were doing so well. I know. You were doing so well. I was so good. You can spell Google now, though. G-O-O-G-L-E. Give Google. Can you use it in a sentence? Google it, bitch. <laughs> Goggle it, bitch. <laughs> Gobble it, bitch. <laughs> Wait, hold on, girl. Yeah, hey, mom. No, I did not pick the option of joining y'all for sex. I'm just going to watch y'all. Yeah. You did trick, I thought.
How are you doing, babes? You know, this has been um, this has been an interesting day. This has been an interesting little session. Uh, we have reached hot takes. Do you have a hot take for us this week, my dear? My hot take is going to be general Ooh. for a lot of you little bucktooth, slew-footed haters that every time Beyonce comes out with some shit, y'all just love to tell us how you don't like her, you don't listen to her. Bitch, we get it. You don't like yourself. Why you got to keep advertising that on all your social medias? Let it be. Work it out. I'm not missing my blessing. I'm over here dancing. Have a good time. You stay over in your little corner over there with your little grumpy Care Bear. That's my hot take. And Kia, shut the fuck up. Nobody worried about you. You had one hit. One. And you already been talking that mad shit about the LGBTQ plus IA community. And that's why TSMS had to drop your shit. And it's been fluttering. Flushering. God damn it. Been on her shit. So fuck you. That's it. All right. I love that we rounded it out with Beyonce. Thank you for that. Flourishing, bitch. There we go. She did it. She Got this. She sure did. Proud <laughs> of you. All right, my hot take is for uh, all of the native New Yorkers. <laughs> Where is this going? If I may. Oh, God. To all of the native New Yorkers that go out of their way to say how New York City is the best city in the world and how nobody loves New York like they love New York, I promise you, nobody cares. You are literally just yelling amongst yourselves. Order your bacon, egg, and cheese. Take your seat on the subway and shut up. That's it. Amen. All right, girl. This has been fun. Girl, I have missed so many calls because we have just been chatting. My boss is pissed. You know what? And that's okay because we were talking about Beyonce. So, mm, And that was the boss it. who was calling. <laughs> if it was Beyonce calling, you would have picked up right away. Don't I? Oh, this podcast would have been three seconds. Period. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl, tell them where they can find you. Baby, you can always find me on Instagram at Harriet underscore Tugsman, H-A-R. <laughs> I'm scared about spelling shit on this podcast now. Harriet underscore Tugsman. Find it. <laughs> <laughs> I just got so unsure now spelling my own name. I'm just like, nope, not doing it anymore. I'm not spelling. <laughs> not spelling a lick that is a-okay you can find me on instagram at jacks chillmonger that is j-a-x-x-c-h-i-l-l-m-o-n-g-e-r that is jacks chillmonger and of course you can find us at taking me off podcast both on instagram and tiktok on the tickety talks <laughs> all right girl, i gotta go bye babes bye Did you look and watch yourself spelling your... I sure did. Yeah, because you just like, I ain't about to do it. Yeah, I'm not about to fuck up. I was like, does Harriet have two R's in it? Yes.